Carter, King of Arms, leads Samuel Strachan, child of His Majesty's Chapels Royal, who will address the King. Your Majesty, as children of the Kingdom of God, we welcome you in the name of the King of Kings. In his name and after his example, I come not to be served but to serve. And the Archbishop will begin the service. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Alleluia! Christ is risen. beloved, we are gathered to offer worship and praise to Almighty God, to celebrate the life of our nations, to pray for Charles, our King, to recognize and to give thanks for his life of service to this nation, the realms, and the Commonwealth, and to witness with joy his anointing and crowning, his being set apart and consecrated for the service of his people. Let, Let us dedicate ourselves alike in body, mind and spirit to a renewed faith, a joyful hope and a commitment to serve one another in love. is when we identify that the king is indeed the rightful sovereign and to the four corners of the compass the question will be asked is this Charles your undoubted king first of all the king will turn to face east and the archbishop will lead 
present unto you King Charles, your undoubted King. Wherefore, all you who are come this day to do your homage and service, are you willing to do the same? God save King Charles. The King will now turn to face south and the Right Honourable Lady Ellis Angelini will ask the question once more. I here present unto you, King Charles, your undoubted king. Wherefore, all you who are come this day to do your homage and service, are you willing to do the same? Christopher Finney will ask the question to the West who won the George Cross in battle. I here present unto you, King Charles, your undoubted king. Wherefore, all you who are come this day to do your homage and service, are you willing to do the same? God And finally, the king will turn to the north, where the right honourable, the Baroness Amos, will ask the question for the fourth time. I here present unto you, King Charles, your undoubted king. Wherefore, all of you who are come this day to do your homage and service, are you willing to do the same? the Archbishop is now confirmed that this is indeed the rightful King Charles III and he will now be asked to make his oath. There are two stages of the oath, the one set by Parliament and then secondly he will be required to read out the Accession Declaration Oath and then sign both documents but just before that happens the Bible will be presented to him by the moderator of the General Assembly of the Church of Scotland. Sir, to keep you ever mindful of the law and the gospel of God as the rule for the whole life and government of Christian princes, receive this book, 
the most valuable thing that this world has to offer. Here is wisdom. This is the royal law. These are the lively oracles of God. The Bible is left there so that the king can make his oath upon it. Your Majesty, the church established by law, whose settlement you will swear to maintain, is committed to the true profession of the gospel, and in so doing will seek to foster an environment in which peoples of all faiths and beliefs may live freely. The coronation oath has stood for centuries and is enshrined in law. Are you willing to take the oath? I am willing. Will you solemnly promise and swear to govern the peoples of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, your other realms and the territories to any of them belonging or pertaining, according to their respective laws and customs? I solemnly promise so to do. Will you to your power cause law and justice in mercy to be executed in all your judgments? I will. Will you, to the utmost of your power, maintain the laws of God and the true profession of the gospel? Will you, to the utmost of your power, maintain in the United Kingdom the Protestant Reformed religion established by law? Will you maintain and preserve inviolably the settlement of the Church of England and the doctrine, worship, discipline and government thereof, as by law established in England? And will you preserve unto the bishops and clergy of England and to the churches there committed to their charge all such rights and privileges as by law do or shall appertain to them or any of them? All this I promise to do. The things which I have here before promised I will perform and keep, so help me God. Your Majesty, are you willing to make, subscribe and declare to the Statutory Accession Declaration Oath? I am willing. I, Charles, do solemnly and sincerely, in the presence of God, profess, testify and declare that I am a faithful Protestant, that I will, according to the true intent of the enactments which secure the Protestant succession to the throne, uphold and maintain the said enactments to the best of my powers according to law. As the choir sings, prevent us, O Lord, 
in all our doings. The two copies of the oaths will be brought forward by the Lord Chamberlain for the King to sign. This is the only time the monarch will write and sign a written covenant with his people. Son was sent not to be served but to serve. Give grace that I may find in thy service perfect freedom, and in that freedom knowledge of thy truth. Grant that I may be a blessing to all thy children of every faith and belief, that together we may discover the ways of gentleness and be led into the paths of peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The king will return to his chair of estate as the choir sings Gloria in Excelsis Deo by William Byrd.
Archbishop will start by reading the collect of the day, after which the Right Honourable Rishi Sunak, Prime Minister of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, will read the epistle, which comes from the epistle of the Colossians. Throned in heavenly splendor, look with favor upon thy servant Charles, our King, and bestow upon him such gifts of wisdom and love that we and all thy people may live in peace and prosperity and in loving service one to another. To thine eternal glory, who with the Father and the Holy Spirit reigneth supreme over all things, one God, now and forever. Amen.
reading from the Epistle to the Colossians. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Debbie Wiseman has composed for the service Alleluia, Alleluia, O clap your hands together. And while it is sung, the Right Reverend and Right Honourable Dame Sarah Mullally, the Dean of His Majesty's Chapels Royal, will prepare to read the Gospel. with you. 
hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as his custom was he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah and when he had opened the book he found the place where it was written the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. This is the gospel of the Lord. from the year 597 will now be escorted back as the Ascension Choir sing Alleluia, Alleluia.
The Archbishop of Canterbury will now preach his sermon. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill our hearts with the flame of your love. Amen. here to crown a king, and we crown a king to serve. What is given today is for the gain of all. For Jesus Christ announced a kingdom in which the poor and oppressed are freed from the chains of injustice, the blind see, the bruised and broken-hearted are healed. That kingdom sets the aims of all righteous government, all authority. And the kingdom also sets the means of all government and authority. For Jesus doesn't grasp power or hold on to status. The King of Kings, Jesus Christ, was anointed not to be served, but to serve. He creates the unchangeable law of good authority that with the privilege of power comes the duty to serve. Service is love in action. We see active love in our care for the most vulnerable, the way we nurture and encourage the young in the conservation of the natural world. We have seen those priorities in the life of duty lived by our King. Today, we have the honour of being in this Abbey with so many who show such love. You work with charities and organisations. You build community. You serve the nation in armed forces, in emergency services, and so many other ways. Next door are 400 or more extraordinary young people in St. Margaret's Church whose lives speak of service. Around the world in realms and commonwealth are so many more. You live your lives for the sake of others. The unity you show, the example you give, is what binds us together and offers societies that are strong, joyful, happy and glorious. They bear heavy weights for us. And the weight of the task given today, Your Majesties, is only bearable by the Spirit of God who gives us the strength to give our lives to others. With the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the King is given freely what no ruler 
can ever attain through will or politics or war or tyranny. The Holy Spirit draws us to love in action. This is promised by Jesus, who put aside all privilege because, as the first reading tells us, God will give all things for our sake, even his own life. His throne was a cross. His crown was made of thorns. His regalia were the wounds that pierced his body. Each of us is called by God to serve. Whatever that looks like in our own lives, each of us can choose God's way today. We can say to the King of Kings, God himself, as does the King here today, give grace that in thy service I may find perfect freedom. In that prayer, there is promise beyond measure, joy beyond dreams, hope that endures. By that prayer, for every king, every ruler, and yes, for every person, for all of us, we are opened to the transforming love of God. Amen. We now move to the third part of the coronation, the anointing, the most sacred part. We will hear in English, Welsh, Gaelic and Irish the call for the Holy Ghost. Come, Holy Ghost, our souls inspire and enlighten with celestial fire.
the Archbishop in Jerusalem receives the ampullas. Blessed art thou, sovereign God, upholding with thy grace all who are called who are called to thy service. The prophets of old anointed priests and kings to serve in thy name, and in the fullness of time thine only Son was anointed by the Holy Spirit to be the Christ, the Saviour and servant of all. By the power of the same Spirit, grant that this holy oil may be for thy servant Charles a sign of joy and gladness, that as king he may know the abundance of thy grace and the power of thy mercy, and that we may be made a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for thine own possession. Blessed be God our strength and our salvation, now and forever. Amen. The king will now be divested of his robe of state and prepared for anointing. A screen will come forward with one trooper and five guardsmen of the household division and will be held around the coronation chair made in 1300 for King Edward I. At the moment of anointing, the soldiers will bow their heads. The Archbishop of Canterbury will anoint the king's hands, breast, and head with holy oil. In the words of William Shakespeare of Richard II, not all the water in the rough rude sea can wash the balm from an anointed king.
after being anointed, the king has been dressed, first of all, in the Calobim Sindonis, a very simple white garment, worn, we believe, by farmers in the Byzantine Empire. And then the Dalmatic, a gold coat, as he is prepared, as though a priest ready to celebrate Mass. And then the girdle is attached. And the process of the investiture with the regalia that will ultimately lead to crowning will begin. First of all, the spurs of St. George. Receive these spurs, symbols of military honor and chivalry, that you may be a brave advocate for those in need. chant and song will now sing to evoke the ancient traditions and to recall those of the king himself through his father the Duke of Edinburgh who was a prince of Greece in the meantime the Lord President of the Council Replace the sword of state with the jeweled sword of state, which will be girded to the king by the archbishop after being blessed. So, Lord, we beseech thee, and so direct and support thy servant, King Charles, that he may not bear the sword in vain, but may use it as the minister of God to resist evil and defend the good through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. will be placed into the king's right hand. Receive this kingly sword. May it be to you and to all who witness these things a sign and symbol not of judgment but of justice, not of might but of mercy. The king will rise and the sword will be attached to the girdle. With this sword, do justice. Stop the growth of iniquity. Protect the Holy Church of God and all people of goodwill. Help and defend widows and orphans. Restore the things that are gone to decay. Maintain the things that are restored. Punish and reform what is amiss and confirm what is in good order. That doing these things you may be glorious in all virtue 
and so faithfully serve our Lord Jesus Christ in this life, that you may reign forever with him in the life which is to come. Amen. The king will stand and will offer the sword at the altar. The Dean of Westminster will receive it. The king will then return to the coronation chair and the sword will be redeemed and returned to the Lord President of the Council with the payment of a hundred shillings according to ancient custom. along with the other three swords here. The three swords of justice, including Katana, the one at the centre we see to the right, with those three former chiefs of defence staff. Katana, the sword of mercy, broken at the end. will be brought from the altar by Lord Camel and the King will touch them. Receive the bracelets of sincerity and wisdom, token of the Lord's protection embracing you on every side. The robe royal is now brought, made for the coronation of King George IV in 1821. It is supposed to represent the four corners of the world and to enfold the king with wisdom and righteousness and to be the garment of salvation. First of all, the stole is placed on by the Prince of Wales. The stole with the plant badges of the United Kingdom and also the eagle, which is also on the robe. The clasp will be connected the chest of the king by his son, the Prince of Wales.
clothe you with the robe of righteousness and with the garments of salvation. The Archbishop of Armagh and Primate of all Ireland and Metropolitan will now bring the orb to the Archbishop who will place it in the King's right hand. It represents the cosmos and Christ's dominion. Receive this orb set under the cross and remember always that the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ. The ring will be brought from the altar by the right honourable Lord Patel. The king will touch the ring. Receive this ring, symbol of kingly dignity and a sign of the covenant sworn this day between God and king, king and people. The king will now be invested with two scepters, one of power and one of mercy. But before that, for his right hand that will take the scepter of kingly power, a glove to remind him to be gentle in the use of power. Receive this glove that you may hold authority with gentleness and grace, trusting not in your own power, but in the mercy of God. The scepter of kingly power is placed into the king's right hand. Receive the royal scepter, the ensign of kingly power and justice. And the scepter of mercy. And the rod of equity and mercy, a symbol of covenant and peace. May the Spirit of the Lord who anointed Jesus at his baptism so anoint you this day that you might exercise authority with wisdom and direct your counsels with grace, that by your service and ministry to all your people, Justice and mercy may be seen in all the earth. Everyone will now stand as we approach the moment of crowning with St. Edward's crown. King of Kings, and Lord of Lords, bless, we beseech thee, this crown, and so sanctify thy servant Charles, upon whose head this day thou dost place it for a sign of royal majesty, that he may be crowned with thy gracious favour and filled with abundant grace and all princely virtues. Through him who liveth and reigneth supreme over all things, one God, World without end. Amen. Amen.
here in London and at all the saluting stations around the kingdom and at sea. God save the king. you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. The Lord protect you in all your ways and prosper all your work in his name. The Lord give you hope and happiness that you may inspire all your people in the imitation of his unchanging love. The Lord grant that wisdom and knowledge be the stability of your times and the fear of the Lord your treasure. May God pour upon you the riches of his grace bless you and keep you in his holy fear, prepare you for a happy eternity and receive you at the last into immortal glory. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. anointed and crowned. The king will now move for the enthroning in the throne chair for which gathering around that throne 
will be the symbols or swords and the great officers of state who will come together to lift his majesty into the throne chair by leaning in and touching him as he sits symbolically taking possession of his kingdom throughout he is supported by the two bishops of Bath and Wells and of Durham his grandson, Prince George Wales, who watches. A grandfather crowned and anointed. since William the Conqueror. Stand firm and hold fast from henceforth this seat of royal dignity which is yours by the authority of Almighty God. May that same God whose throne endures forever establish your throne in righteousness that it may stand fast forevermore. And now the homage. Scepters will be removed and the glove. And a stool brought forward for the Archbishop of Canterbury to make his homage. And he will be followed by the Prince of Wales. And then the Archbishop will invite anyone who wishes to take part in the Act of Allegiance. I, Justin, Archbishop of Canterbury, will be faithful and true, and faith and truth I will bear unto you, our Sovereign Lord, Defender of the Faith, and unto your heirs and successors, according to law. So help me God.
I, William, Prince of Wales, pledge my loyalty to you and faith and truth I will bear unto you as your liege man of life and limb. So help me God. He will stand, kiss his father on the right cheek. Then touches. I now invite those who wish to offer their support to do so with a moment of private reflection by joining in saying God save King Charles at the end or for those with the words before them to recite them in full. I swear that I will pay true allegiance to your majesty and to your heirs and successors according to law. So help me God. Save the King. God save King Charles. Long live King Charles. May the King live forever. Another choir will sing with Roderick Williams singing his solo. Be strong. Keeper of the Jewel House, which Her Majesty will touch. 
receive this ring, a symbol of royal dignity and a sign of the covenant sworn this day. The crown will be brought from the altar and the queen will be crowned by the archbishop. thy servant Camilla who wears this crown be filled by thine abundant grace and with all princely virtues reign in her heart O king of love that being certain of thy protection she may be crowned with thy gracious favour through Jesus Christ our Lord Amen The Queen's scepter and rod are brought from the altar by Right Reverend and Right Honourable Lord Chartres and the Right Reverend Rose Hudson Wilkin, Bishop of Dover. Receive the, the Royal Scepter. Receive the Rod of Equity and Mercy. May the Spirit guide you in wisdom and grace that by your service and ministry, justice and mercy may be seen in all the earth. Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote this music. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, for he hath done marvellous things. And the Queen Consort will be escorted to her throne chair beside the King.
is made a sure foundation and the precious cornerstone, who, the two walls and underlying, bound in each, binds both in one. St. Edward the Confessor. Well, they will remove their crimes and prepare for the communion service that will follow, where bread and wine will be blessed to represent the body and blood of Christ, which they will then share as part of their communion with God that is at the centre of this sacramental service.
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is very meet, right, and our bounden duty that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, thine only Son, our Lord, who hast at this time consecrated thy servant Charles to be our King, that by the anointing of thy grace he may be the defender of thy faith and the protector of thy people, that with him we may learn the ways of service, compassion, and love, and that the good work that thou hast begun in him this day may be brought to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name evermore, praising thee and saying, I will sing the sanctus. Holy, holy, holy. be to thee, almighty God, our heavenly Father, who of thy tender mercy didst give thine only Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption, who made there, by his one oblation of himself once offered, a full, perfect, and sufficient sacrifice, oblation, and satisfaction for the sins of the whole world, 
and did institute and in his gospel command us to continue a perpetual memory of that his precious death until his coming again. Hear us, O merciful Father, we most humbly beseech thee and grant that by the power of thy Holy Spirit we receiving these creatures of bread and wine according to us to thy Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ's holy institution, in remembrance of his death and passion, may be partakers of his most blessed body and blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks to thee, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks to thee, he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of this. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as oft as ye shall drink it in remembrance of me. Wherefore, O Lord and Heavenly Father, we thy humble servants having in remembrance the precious death and passion of thy dear Son, his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension, entirely desire thy fatherly goodness mercifully to accept this, our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, most humbly beseeching thee to grant that by the merits and death of thy Son, Jesus Christ, and through faith in his blood, we and all thy whole church may obtain remission of our sins and all other benefits of his passion. And although we be unworthy through our manifold sins to offer unto thee any sacrifice, yet we beseech thee to accept this, our bounden duty and service, not weighing our merits, but pardoning our offences and to grant that all we who are partakers of this Holy Communion may be fulfilled with thy grace and heavenly benediction. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, by whom and with whom and in whom, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honour and glory be unto thee, O Father Almighty, world without end. Amen each in our own preferred language. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen.
Tarek O'Regan has composed for the service the Agnus Dei, O Lamb of God that takest away the sins of the world. During its singing, their majesties will receive Holy Communion.
O Almighty Lord and everlasting God, vouchsafe, we beseech thee, to direct, sanctify, and govern both our hearts and bodies in the ways of thy laws and in the works of thy commandments, that through thy most mighty protection, both here and ever, we may be preserved in body and soul through our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Christ our King, make you faithful and strong to do his will, that you may reign with him in glory. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit rest upon you and all whom you serve this day and all your days. Amen. The hymn. Praise my soul, the King of Heaven will follow the sevenfold.
First of all, the choir will sing the anthem The King Shall Rejoice by William Boyce, written for the coronation of King George III in 1761. William Walton composed this Te Diem for the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II in 1953. It's been arranged here by John Rutter. Hey, 
Sebastian is ready. The bishops are at the door. And we wait for the king to appear. is lowered to their colonel-in-chief and to the captain. 
first saluted.
to a chilly, rainy May afternoon. And after 70 years of preparation, the longest serving heir to the throne in history, Charles, has finally become the 62nd British monarch and been crowned King Charles III. His Queen Camilla by his side after a 50-year love story that nearly never was his touchstone, his sounding board, who, 25 years ago, said, you must be joking to a suggestion she'd one day be queen. Not always loved or even liked by the people of the Commonwealth, the King and Queen have been patient. Today, their Commonwealth stretches from Baffin Bay in the Canadian Arctic to the Great Barrier Reef in Australia and from Montserrat to Pitcairn Islands. How many of those people will be celebrating with him today? Last time the Commonwealth witnessed a coronation, we still retain the remnants of an empire and deference to the title was as natural as breathing. As Charles enjoys the moment, he will also realise he must provide a different approach if the monarchy is to thrive. Apathy will be his biggest enemy if polling by Britons is to be believed. There have been suggestions of a scaled-down coronation to reflect the cost of living crisis presently gripping the country, but little sign of that in front of us as a procession of more than 4,000 military and others stretching more than a mile prepares to escort the King, Queen and other members of the royal family back to Buckingham Palace. Uh, we'll keep an eye out for Harry, of course. Today's events have been paid for by the UK government and no figure is yet available, but it will certainly be significantly higher than the cost of the Queen's coronation that would have been more than £45 million in today's money. But as the King and Queen prepare for their procession back to Buckingham Palace, Charles III will be pleased and relieved that the coronation is over. Although he didn't have to actually have one, most other modern monarchies have dispensed with coronations, although the tourist dollar from those who've travelled from around the globe to witness all the pomp and circumstance is a mitigating factor. His family, plus around 2,200 guests, were here to witness, including Harry. 70 years ago, more than 8,000 people had crammed into the Abbey. The coronation of King Charles has become a very modern affair. Rather than peers and landed gentry, the Abbey was filled with local community heroes and TV royalty, along with an extended family, including his wife's grandchildren, children, heads of state, and even Queen Camilla's ex-husband was here to witness events. Sergeant Major, Mr. Stokes, about to give the quick march. And this vast coronation procession will start on its way to take the King from Westminster Abbey back to Buckingham Palace. And horses that have been waiting for some time, soldiers who are yearning to get their arms swinging as they head on and lead the way back with the music, Coronation Bells.
enter the Platinum Jubilee, as you will know, for Queen Elizabeth II in June of 2022. Those six greys that we saw on the way here um, are still part of the procession. This time, though, joined also by Meg and Newark, this coach being an extra ton heavier than the one on the way down. with the other carriages of members of the royal family, including the Prince and Princess of Wales there with their three children. Prince George, who's done a marvellous job as one of the King's pages. And the King's carriages surrounded by service people from all of the realms, of which he is now crowned as King. The bells of the Abbey ring out here in Broad Pavement. joins this massive procession, weaving its way a mile long all the way from Westminster Abbey, and the front of it will almost certainly already be arriving close to the Queen Victoria Memorial. Prince Louis is very interested in everything that's going on out there, along with Princess Charlotte waving away. They're in the Australian state coach. of the dependent territories. Most of them based on the UNC, which is all used of the individual identities of the different nations who are part of the dependent territories of the United Kingdom. The procession still passing by our gantry point here outside Westminster Abbey. As it enters the gates of Buckingham Palace, they will still be passing the Cenotaph. Dominic, he is going to be a king uh, for uh, the, the world, I suppose, is how they're trying to uh, portray him as he's going to be traveling the world and the uh, main figures around the world coming back here as well to the United Kingdom. Yeah, and I think there are parallels to be drawn, Kay, with uh, his mother and... Um... Seventy years ago, she emerged from Westminster Abbey in similar weather. Quite a damp, soggy day then as well. But it's what happened inside the Abbey that, that uh, changed uh, the monarchy for good. It was televised, that coronation, obviously, for the first time. And that began the, the launching of her as a global megastar. And she really was the first global megastar. Touring the world for months at a time, uh, welcomed uh, with rapturous welcomes in America and, and across the Commonwealth. Now, obviously, King Charles uh, is not going to be able to hope for such receptions around the world, but he clearly is hoping for a similar role on the international stage and already has been acting uh, as a uh, sort of diplomat-in-chief ceremonially, if you like, uh, for the government and most recently inviting Joe Biden, the US president, uh, here. Coming in the near future, we're told, not exactly sure when. Joe Biden hasn't come to the coronation, his wife coming instead. But uh, King Charles has already had a successful uh, uh, trip to Germany, uh, where he was welcomed with very large crowds. 
gave speeches in German, a, a trip that was uh, seen very much as a big success, and obviously went there as his first trip, unexpectedly was meant to be going to France, but the uh, civil unrest in France meant that that trip was wow, by common French and uh, British agreement, so yeah. off to Germany then. But I think he hopes to uh, play a role on the world stage, not quite like his mother, but certainly following her. Oh, look at the little one there. He's been as good as gold today as well. Not really the show stealer he was at the Golden Jubilee. Four thousand members of the military taking part in the procession back to Buckingham Palace, Alistair. And it's led by the brigade major at the front of his retinue and the King's Troop Royal Horse Artillery with guns that fired earlier on to mark the fact that the King had been crowned. His chance to see those who have come out in this rather dismal weather to wish him and Queen Camilla well. There are eight groups of this procession of 4,000 moving armed forces personnel from around the Commonwealth as well as the United Kingdom. We're watching there the Sovereign's Escort. The second carriage will be Prince and Princess Wales and their children. But the Royal Navy are the senior service marching behind their King's Colour round past Trafalgar Square where Nelson looks down. The Royal Navy in which the King served for much of his service career. Army officer of HMS Bonington, minesweeper. And at the centre of the Royal Navy before the Royal Marines come and of His Majesty's Royal Marines. Music being played, the bond of friendship and then Holyrood and then the Great Little Army. All of it controlled by my central tick system. All the musicians are hearing the same clicking and that's keeping everything to time. They go past. Some will go into the garden, ready to salute the king, and some will move on to other places in London for the dismount. King's troop setting off to the left, and magic band of the House of Cavalry Mounted Regiment moving off down Constitution Hill. They near the front. 
front of the procession nears the entrance to Buckingham Palace. Still the bells are pealing here at Westminster Abbey. Within the last few moments, we have seen Prince Harry leave um, in uh, a vehicle with uh, the uh, Prince Andrew in a vehicle just behind him. There have been some speculation whether Harry would be in the procession that was not to be. Um, he uh, is heading back to um, uh, Los Angeles, and we believe, before too long. It is, of course, his son Archie's fourth birthday today. Some speculation he came in yesterday, stayed at Frogmore Cottage last night, and uh, will head back to the airport uh, within the next few minutes, a 12-hour flight back to the uh, west coast of the United States and back to the arms of his family. He has been invited to the lunch at Buckingham Palace and it asked the palace whether he'd accepted that invitation. Uh, they declined to uh, offer a view on that, Alistair. Division troops marching round towards Harold's Yard, where this stream of red will divide into three groups to get through the three separate arches. Here, the Coldstream Guards uh, behind the lifeguards. Bodyguards, the Honourable Court Gentlemen at Arms, the Royal Company of Archers, and the Yeoman of the Guard. And it's a great view up there as they march with their colours. And the State Royal Standard, really now with this weather opening out over the palace. Commonwealth representatives. Group two, which is led by the band of the Royal Regiment of Scotland, Island Band of the Royal Regiment, and also the Lowland Band. Service people from Antigua, Barbuda, Malaysia, Australia, the Maldives, Bahamas, Malta, Bangladesh, New Zealand, Barbados, Pakistan, Belize, Papua New Guinea, Brunei, Dar es Salaam, Rwanda. Cameroon, St. Kitts and Nevis, Canada, Seychelles, Eswatini, Sierra Leone, Fiji, Sri Lanka, Gabon, Tanzania, Jamaica, Togo, Kenya, Tonga, Lesotho, Trinidad and Tobago. And all the flags of the British Overseas Territories and the 56 flags of the member nations of the Commonwealth also there. area which is lined by the uniformed civil organizations including the St John Abbots you can hear the crowd reacting to the Duke and Duchess of Edinburgh and their children. The Duke and Duchess of Gloucester there with the 
husband of Princess Royal, Arlington Lawrence. Sir Tim's wife is at his gold stick in waiting. She has mounted. she thought she would ever be queen she said you must be joking well look what's happening today the royal air force now coming round in front of the grandstand chance for everyone to see while the king's not far away at the other end of the mall just having come through Admiralty Arch let's listen to the music
helmets there along the mall as they swing around uh, Queen Victoria Memorial. A wonderful sight down the mall. The front of the procession already in the gardens of Buckingham Palace covering nearly 40 acres, including a three-acre lake. The garden originally laid out back in the 1600s. Princess Charlotte, as you can see, enjoying looking at the crowds alongside Prince Louis. of the distressing oscillation of the coach, often refusing to ride in it, and Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II described it as horrible, not very comfortable, adding that it's not meant for travelling in at all. It's only on sprung leather, and perhaps that was one of the reasons that King Charles decided to head from Buckingham Palace on the outward journey in the Diamond Jubilee State coach. We know he's got a bad back from those years playing polo and skiing, multiple falls with that as well. But here he is now, their majesties riding in the splendor of the Mall. The crowds there waiting to see them. A mile long procession filling the Mall and all the bands, 19 bands taking part in this procession as they make their way down through the rain. But a proud moment for all those service members taking part today.
insist that the groups of troops right across the Mull narrow down at the end of the Mull in order that they can go from this enormously wide front to a much narrower one in order to get into the garden of Buckingham Palace. And you'll watch the Household Division do that now. Waiting to 
support her brother at this time of his coronation. She watched from the window here as a very young girl when her mother went off and returned from her coronation.
So now the bands and the soldiers will quickly readjust in order to be in position not only to salute the king and wish him three cheers, but also to quickly dismount the street liners from the far end of the mall and as quick as possible bring all those troops off the mall so that the police can bring the public down to the palace for the balcony appearance at 2.30. Meanwhile, the king being helped out of the carriage with Queen Camilla. And it's not far for the king and queen Camilla to go through the state entrance and out to the garden through the bow room on the other side where the armed forces are waiting to give salute the crown jeweler there taking the scepter with the cross out as the king dismounts and alights from the carriage So the household division, guardsmen, following the pour of drums. The rain's pouring down out there, slightly dampening the enthusiasm of the crowd. But there you can see, in the distance, the half companies are already coming out of their position as street liners and preparing to march away. And in fact, the departure from London by 7,000 troops is as brilliant as the arrival. Seeing the King's bodyguards going in there, the Honourable Corps of Gentlemen at Arms with their swan's feathers. And the flag bearers of the Commonwealth countries. As the Household Division carrying their state colours and regimental colours, King's colours, into the palace for this really tremendous Three cheers for the king and a salute. Rhythmically, the drums beat, the state royal standard catching the breeze uh, above the palace and the crowd applauding once again. A huge spontaneous round of applause in praise of the 4,000 members of the armed forces who've taken uh, part in that parade. A proud moment certainly for them. But what now for the king? He'll soon join those members of the military uh, in the gardens here at Buckingham Palace. But we watched him in that service, looking deeply emotional, certainly feeling the responsibility now on his shoulders. Well, Patrick Harrison, the king's former press secretary, joins me now. And you watch too. The king deep in thought. This means so much to him. It really does. It was a very poignant and moving service, I thought. And, uh, yes, you could see it etched on his face how 
deeply he felt this. Music, of course, that he'd uh, uh, paid uh, great attention to um, and m many of his uh, favourite composers in there, new pieces and old, adding to the, uh, to the overall emotion. Um, but, but at the heart, a religious ceremony and one which, as a spiritual uh, man, he took very seriously indeed. So how would he be feeling during that, do you think? Because parts of his life, even his father's life as a Prince of Greece were reflected there. Yes. You know, being Prince of Wales for so long, we had all of these elements of his life brought in, don't you think, during that service? Absolutely, it was beautifully put together as a service, and it uh, uh, it, ha it rooted in tradition with many of the old elements, but also some some new uh, uh, parts as well, reflecting uh, uh, the king's own uh, particular interests as well. So it was a wonderful mixture of old and new, and obviously uh, we had uh, female bishops being involved for the first time. We had a Hindu prime minister read a lesson um, and uh, and we had uh, the other Christian faiths also involved in the ceremony as well so um, as someone who has taken uh, interfaith dialogue very seriously um, but is uh, a keen defender of the Christian faith as well I thought that mixture that marriage together uh, worked very well indeed the King Street Royal Horse Artillery moving past now. Uh, really emotional King Charles there in the Abbey. Presumably many in the congregation also felt the deep emotion that we saw there today, Kay. pieces all of different types and some very formal some very celebratory but honestly two orchestras in there massed brass several choirs yes the effect was absolutely overwhelming and the soloists are beautiful pretty singing and but Bryn Taffer, Ronnie Williams and Rod Bryn Taffer. Just wonderful. I mean, honestly the, you, it, it was an overwhelming experience not only musical because of course it was all contextual so all the music was for the occasion. Um, utter, utter bliss. Very, very British. 
Yes, indeed. <laughs> Lord Lord Webber had written a piece of music. Yes, oh, it yes. was stunning. Was it? It was absolutely beautiful. And um, the king had apparently said he wanted something you could go out humming. And I think that people will when they can get hold of it again. They might have to hear it one more time. <laughs> we're waiting for the king to take the salute in the uh, backyard. I was asking you if you were going for lunch, and you said, no, you're going to go home and have some champagne. <laughs> yes, we did. Slightly frivolous sounding, but um, it's really to celebrate this extraordinary day and our immense luck being here. But I just want to say to people at home that um, they may well have seen more of the ceremony than we did. Because although we were there and taking it all in and we were in the great abbey at church, you couldn't see as much as what was going on. There were screens where we saw how, what was actually going on, whether the king was being crowned or whatever. But I think at home you might have got much, much better viewing on Sky, so well done. <laughs> Did you record it? Are you going to watch it when you get home? I absolutely want to. I mean, um, it's one of those experiences that you... You, you want to take away as much as you can, but when you, perhaps when we see it again, it'll go deeper and deeper, and, and it will sink in. Yes. Just how extraordinarily lucky we were to be there. Uh, amazing. Um, I was sharing with our viewers, but for those that are joining us obviously all the time, tell us how you know the royal couple. I can't imagine how it first started, but I think I knew, funnily enough, I knew them separately to begin with. Um, Mrs. Parker Bowles, as she was then, through her dear friend Ginny Cooper, yes. who was the great writer in whose sitcom I'd been, and so we'd become friends. And I remember meeting her at a lunch there long ago when their children were quite young at Ginny's. And um, the present king, the, the king rather now, rather than the Prince of Wales, I knew through charitable things and so on. And so you just get to know these extraordinarily kind and ordinary extraordinary people that's, that's what they are really because they're just like us but in a completely different setting amazing and i hear when you go to visit um they take the car away fill it full of petrol and clean the car for when you when you're leaving at the end of your stay that was at sandringham what a lovely story oh my god i mean we hoped you'd send it off looking quite clean but it came back absolutely <laughs> shimmering <laughs> what a great story what's your favorite memory of the event to be quite honest when the, the, the whole series opened with I Was Glad, written by Parry. OK, I'm going to have to get you to hold that thought because the King is about to come out to take the salute. Um, and so we will um, monitor that and we'll have another chat a bit Lovely. later on if that's OK. Thanks. Anna? Well, what a scene then in the gardens of Buckingham Palace. The, uh, the king will be moving through the palace, we know, uh, to head out into the garden. Those troops uh, have been massing there. Uh, meanwhile, the street liners are starting to pull away from the Mall and the area around the Queen Victoria Memorial, getting a round of applause as well uh, from the crowds here. And Alistair, really, uh, what a moment for them, saluting uh, the king now and uh, paying tribute to him uh, and Camilla. This is a moment of profound loyalty for the armed forces to declare to the newly anointed and crowned king their determination to serve. The garrison sergeant major there, Mr Stokes, who's planned all of this, will have given his signal now to the palace who are watching 
And there you see the ranks of the senior officers of the armed forces at the front there, followed by the household division, the Royal Navy, the senior service of the armed forces, and then the regiments, corps and other units of the British Army, followed by the Royal Air Force, and then at the...
way before Yes, I swear It's a truth And I hope it Ripple FM plays music like this. And this. And this. Love music. Love Ripple FM.
106.7 FM, streaming from our website and on smart speakers, live and local across the Ribble Valley, Ribble FM. 